Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 50.1. We've decided to split the pods up this week because we've got a, we had a bit of content to get through. And this one is going to be all about our boys in red, Adelaide United. If you want to hear about the Premier League and whatnot, uh, jump on over to episode 50. Uh, otherwise, 50.1, Adelaide United, 3-1 win away to Brisbane, our second win of the season and year and uh adelaide's still undefeated this year <laughs> this calendar in year there. oh we're so good aren't we um i want to start this week by asking you this mm. given how staunch you have been about abolishing penalties are you still <laughs> wanting to abolish penalties given they are keeping adelaide's season alive over to you <laughs> how many have we had this season like are we nearing some sort of record some, there's got to be some super statistician out there that is holding us to account. No one started calling us Adelaide Penited yet or anything like that. You know, I did see Penlaid and I was like, that's, Penla- that's Penlaid. Lame, that's terrible. Penlaid. Not even Penlaid, Penlaid. Penlaid, that is fucking shit. It's woeful. That is shit. Sorry for swearing, but that's not good. No, nah, you got to give him the, uh, the Cray Goodwin crybaby in response. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I still do want pens abolished. <laughs> All right. We can get we can get into why because both penalties were penalties, but you know, well, let's, we were let's let's get into the game then. Um, I don't know. I I didn't see a lot of this obviously because I was working. You were able to watch it. Uh, the pretty standard looking lineup. I said last week I never wanted to see Izzy and Juana in the same midfield ever again because <laughs> uh, I want one or the other. For a bit of balance. What do they do? But, you know, we got away with it because we got two pens. So, uh, take it away. That is the fourth time this season we've rescued points from a losing position. And when Milosevic scored after two minutes, I thought, well, here we go. <laughs> We're in all sorts of bother again. You know, the first thing that came to mind was, we didn't want him. We didn't want him. And then when he butchered two more chances to round out the half, I realized why we didn't want him. Yeah. We could we could have been buried at halftime. You think so? We def- definitely. Uh, look, we controlled the ball, Standard. which we always do. Um, we look to have more of an attacking emphasis in the final third this game, but partly because I think Brisbane came out with a – they were doing a concerted push up the field also. So that really did leave – there was less space in midfield somehow. I think that's because of the, the different phases of press. But we had way more ball on either side of the wing in the attacking third. Maybe down to Bernardo. He was lightning again, electric every time he picks the ball up. Yep. No, he's definitely rusty. He's raw. He has, you know, distribution to improve upon and, you know, decision-making. And he's still got that young fella thing in him where he wants to beat two before he does something. My God, he looks like such a talent. And that was my big takeaway from the first half. Yeah, he does look a talent. I've been enjoying watching him each week. Um, it kind of sometimes he gets the groans <laughs> from the stands where he, he does what you said, where he like tries to beat a few too many or tries to do too much, uh, maybe just move the ball quicker. But, you know, he's, he's a kid. <laughs> he's going to be very good for us. And if we can keep him around some experience, like one day you say he's Craig Goodwin. Uh, it would be a gem. Yeah, good guys to learn from. Um, did you like how I 
brushed over the uh, the Jacob Tratt era. Just tried to get that out of the way because we can't yeah, have I another did. pod um, where we're just no, dick slapping him. We we can't. It was bad. He'll know it was bad. Carry on. I don't think Gauchi covered himself in glory for their goal either. But when you get left one on one like that, it's, you know, the, it's always in favour of the attacker unless the attacker is Mikola Malayusnich. But on this occasion, on this occasion, only because, was able to bury. Yeah, it's only because Gauchi tried to guess where he was yeah, going, like so. a penalty. Yeah, he anticipated yeah. him opening his body up and moved too early, so it gave him all the. I mean, it really wasn't the cleanest strike either. It's straight down the guts. Yeah. But yeah, come back into it. Craig Goodwin Penn, another one, notched up, celebrating his Socceroo call up, which we talked about last week. Yeah, uh, absolute gem. You just can't understate his importance for his six goals in his last five in all competitions now. So worthy of the Socceroos call up. This one, a much better taken penalty. Oh, my days. They talked about it in the build up to it, Simon Hill. Astute caller, as always, picked up what we picked up on the stutter step. Yeah, you know when the keeper doesn't dive, you are kind of left wanting. And uh, the Brisbane keeper Furker, Furk, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Dumb name, not that great a goalkeeper. <laughs> he <laughs> he went to Goodwin's safety spot, and I'm so glad that Goodwin had a good think about it and dispatched it the other way. Good pen, very fortunate way to get it, given that it flicks up off of O'Shea uh, and just you know Neville is it Neville that gives it away? Hasn't covered sure. himself in. Hasn't covered himself in any glory. He's definitely oh, he's moving just, towards the he's ball got with the, his arm. He's got the wings out. I don't, no one ever means to do that. It just happens. Instinct, right? No one stands with their arms like dangling right by their hips. Like it's just you'd look ridiculous if you played football like that. So yeah, it's unlucky, but them's the rules, buddy. We'll take the pen uh, we'll take into the it. into the second half. Um, I don't know. We just seemed pretty comfortable in the second half. We did. Uh, we have now got 11 second half goals, which is the most of any team in the A-League. What do you think? What, why? Why? How? How is that a thing? Are we just, is it, the, is it the ball possession that we're just eventually breaking teams down? Or my theory is you can always rely on a mistake in the A-League. And I think Carl and Ross know this and they are, their idea of winning uh, in the A-League and being successful is hold the ball as much as you can, starve them of any opportunities that you can, and then just rely on a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't know. I, I tend to put it more down to coincidence than anything. But hmm. like, flatly, to be flatly coincidence. That's my analysis. Coincidence. Coincidence. I mean, there's got to be something to it. We have scored a glut of late goals. You know, mostly against Melbourne City, but again, it was you know it was nine goals heading into this game, and then another two to pile it on and and finish it off. You know, maybe there's something to it. Maybe we're a fitter side. Maybe we are. I think that's there's. You could maybe make the case for being fitter. I guess we we knowing what Carl and Ross are like, uh, the whole kind of footballing approach is built on just the work rate and hard work. And Adelaide has always kind of been a side like that anyway. Uh, especially mm, the last few seasons. Industrious, good way to say it. Um, and we, we do have enough quality there to like create when we want to. We just we just don't seem to do it a lot. We've gotten lucky with a lot of pens. So I'm, you know, I'm leaning <laughs> leaning more towards <laughs> co- leaning more towards coincidence. But we'll take it. We'll absolutely um, take it. Remind me to do an alternate table next week with all our penalties taken out of it, and we'll see how we fare. Not, you know, not to say that we ha- you know, there haven't been penalties, because the second one is definitely a penalty. The thing 
that surprises me the most is that it's kiddo in the box after beating three players. That's getting cleaned up. Yeah. It's and like I just they're soft. It's soft to win pens. Um, mm. we we what I mean is we create the chances through building some pressure usually, but I don't it didn't seem like we created heaps of pressure. It was more just like we got lucky with Brisbane being really clumsy and kind of soft at the back, and that yeah. kind of allowed Kido to drive through there. I don't mean the penalty was soft. It's definitely a penalty. Um, I just mean like Brisbane's approach seemed kind of soft, and that's they what you get if you're not going to yeah. be up to it. Um, they didn't come out for the second half, which is what it was. They just weren't switched on whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because Kido, even the decision-making to swing a leg at it, Kido had lost the ball. It's, yep. not, it's not in his possession. Um, but still, I'll take it. What do you think of Steph Mork taking the penalty, though? <laughs> a parting gift? I think uh, Goody is perhaps just scared of taking two in the same game again. <laughs> he's taken so many recently. <laughs> he's taken he's, so many. Well, he, he obviously scored both of them week. the other week, though. Yeah, he did. And then last week, uh, yeah, had a bit of trouble. Yeah. But I don't know. Steph's been hanging out for one every week. We've seen him hanging off Goody's shoulder, asking if he can take the pen. He's captain. He could probably just pull rank, but I think we all know Goody's running the, you know, running Good, the room. Goody runs the show. Yeah. Goody runs Figure the show. Head. But yeah, Steph having it, maybe a parting gift. I don't know. Uh, we talked about, we don't really need to talk about Steph going or not because we did it to death last week. Um, but yeah, cool. It just, it gave us the lead and Brisbane didn't look, seem too dangerous. So I was happy with that. And then, getting them on the counter to seal the game with some Craig Goodwin class. Uh, absolutely class. I had one or two chances in between that moment. Uh, there was one Steinem header that he glanced yeah. over the crossbar that he should have done better with. And Yeah. But generally, we were very much in control. Um, and that shows in all the statistics and everything like that. The Goodwin goal is precisely why he's been called up to the Socceroos because there's not... I mean, six and five, he's probably got the best return of any winger yeah. in the A-League at the moment. And the, you know, he really just kills that defender because he's the defender is so sure he's going to unleash on his left foot. Yeah, but we know, you know, especially when you think back to that classic goal against Sydney in the um, FA Cup final, he can bury one with his right foot. Absolutely, yeah. And so it and so it goes. So much candy. Oh god. Um, to me, it's Willy just, Wonka. It was like a uh, <laughs> Willy Wonka. Um, to me, it was just like a highlight of the. The difference between winning and losing games in this league is just that little bit of composure and quality to slot a chance like that. Mm-hmm. Goodwin, you back him in to do that. I'm not sure. There's not heaps of other players in the A-League that you would back to finish that most times. Whereas Goodwin in that situation, I'm backing him to score most times once most he does times. the cut inside, yeah. even though it's on his right, uh, wrong foot, his right foot. Um, but just like the placement, composure, not rushing it. I just, you just struggle to find it a lot in the league. I don't know if you saw Arania's goal for I did Central Coast, similar Very kind similar of thing goal. on the yeah. other side. Um, but yeah, it's just that's the difference between getting points and not getting points in this league. When <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, chances are kind of rushed or you know very frantic in the box. A bit of composure goes a long way, and Craig Goodwin just shows why he's kind of that level. He's probably the level in between A-League and anything higher. Yes, potentially. I mean, I, you could see him forging a good career. Maybe not now. Not but now, five but years yeah, ago, for sure. If he, had, if he had gone to Scotland or something similar to that, yeah. maybe he could have had a different pathway. Uh, but now being 30 years old, you know, it's probably it's a little bit of a surprise that he did get a call up, but such is 
his form and such is the weaponry that he possesses. Oh, we talked about that last week. Very useful. Yeah, he's going to be very useful. Yeah, we talked about I that think last he gets week. A gig. Like he, I don't know if he gets a gig, um, yeah. but just happy to see him in the squad. You know, he really deserved his chance in the squad a lot more a few years ago. Like I said, and um, but he's got it now. I don't, you know, I don't know how much of an impact he can have in the Socceroos. He probably can against teams like Vietnam and stuff. Um, That's who I'm hoping he plays against. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, good luck to him. I hope it goes well because love this guy. And he fucking loves Adelaide too. I've sworn again on the Adelaide pod. But um, he, this is every, supposed to be the good every one. week he seems to be scoring a goal and absolutely dishing it out to opposition supporters, which I <laughs> absolutely love. Yeah, I love it. I was retweeting during the game all of the people calling him and Mort grubs. And there's a steady stream of outside influence who hate Goodwin and Mort. And why, it's because- why is Goodwin a grub though? I think it's just because he does give it to the opposition fans when when he, he scores. He doesn't play like a grub, though. No, he doesn't. Stephen no, Mork you're right. does and always yeah. has. Stephen Mork's a shithouse. Like, he was born and bred <laughs> shithouse. Yeah. But Goody, I think people lump him in there just because he is so good. Um, did you see the crybaby celebration he dished out after yeah. a second? Oh, so good. Just yeah, that's what I meant. Fans, hook it up. Well, even the first, man, where you're always kissing the badge, always stumping the badge, yeah. always looking directly at some sort of... Flipping off the Melbourne fans. fans last week. <laughs> well, yeah. a, few, a few weeks ago now, sorry. Oh, fucking last week. Last um, week. Yeah. Yeah, good. Um, we'll that, take it. That goal for Goodwin uh, is his 39th for Adelaide United, which takes him to second joint all-time goal scorer for the club. He's getting close. He's going to take it, I think. Do you know who is? Do you know who is above him and who he's joined with? Um, is Travis Dodd one of them? Yeah, Travis on thirty nine with him. Yeah. So who's above? There's one above him. There's above one above him. Yeah. Yeah, above the pair. It's not Bruce. It is Bruce. It is Bruce. Yeah. There you go. How many has he got? Uh, forty four. It's forty one. So 41. I would expect good. I would expect Goody to be our all time yeah. leading scorer by the end of the season. If not next season, because he'll stay and do it again. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's going to get it, no doubt now. Um, yeah. And that's testament to just how good he is. He's got a good five or six years of Adelaide United career left in him, I'm hoping. <laughs> Unless when he gets to 34 and he's like, oh, I, could do a, I could do a year in the Saudi again. Look, he, he could go to AC Milan like Ibra. <laughs> It'd be perfect. <laughs> All right. Do we want to dive into this? Uh, so this decade stuff, Adelaide United have posted their... Team of the decade, save of the oh, decade, goal of the decade. Odd, odd timing, don't you think, given it's that weird. we're in uh, 2022? It does. It feels like a, yeah, it probably could have been done last year, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. 2010 to 2019 was the period. Team of the decade, save of the decade, goal of the de- decade, game of the decade. Uh, they've got a list here of the honours of the decade too, and there's three FFA Cups, a championship and a Premier's plate in there, which for a club the size of Adelaide is glorious. Yeah, it's more than I could ever expect, actually. And, you know, yep. prior to 2015, it was more than we could ever expect. So, 100%. Yeah. Obviously, getting that 2014 FFA Cup, we beat... Perth? Perth. 1-0. Yes. Sergio Thuyo goal. I still um, have the homage. scarf that I stole off the kid uh, at the post-game pub. You didn't steal. You traded it. You traded it. I traded it. I you traded, traded the scuff. Yeah. It's a better story um, if I stole it from a child, though. Let's go through the first one of these, the save of the decade. You uh, you were able to guess this one earlier. I had no idea what it would be because 
I just don't remember saves very well. But the uh, Eugene Galekovic double save against Wellington in stoppage time, where we, we were 3-1 up, so it wouldn't have mattered. But uh, that was, I think, a reflection of where this side could go and their mentality and the mentality of Eugene Galekovic as a, as a goalkeeper and as a captain. It's an interesting one because how would you grade the best save? Is it the quality of the save itself, which I feel is what it has been given for? Because that double save is just outrageous. Yeah. I think the only one that we could compare it to is the Jersey Dudek one. Which Jersey Dudek one? Uh, the double save against AC Milan in the Champions League final, I believe. You're only saying this because I sent it to you earlier and I'm still dirty about it. It's the only save in my life I ever remember. Well, it's the only double save that I can think of that was of such premium quality. This the, is about you know, Adelaide United. Why are you hijacking it again? Oh, my God. <laughs> I just think that for you know a guy like Eugene, you know, he's not the most, most athletic. He doesn't get that fast across the pitch, but his reaction time from the first save was remarkable. I'm, we were at that game and it was the way the crowd reacted it felt like a 90th minute winner, but in the situation yeah. of, the, of the season and of the game itself, it was very marginal. It didn't really matter if he it didn't saved matter. Like, that or didn't. If it went in, we won the game 3-2. So don't you think that, say, the best save of the decade should be something that won us something or something that put us on to... No, because like, you can't no. just do discredit a save because it was, um, you know, the game was won. I don't think that's how it works. That's unfair on the quality of the save. That's a bit of a boring one anyway, save of the decade. Who really cares? Come on. It is. I can't even <laughs> think of an alternative one. So, yeah, just give it to that. That was a great save. Um, goal of the decade will kind of ravel into game, uh, wrap it up with game of the decade as well mm. because it's Isaias' free kick against Western Sydney. Um, obviously, the grand final against Western Sydney is also the game of the decade. Hard to argue with that. I wasn't sure about this being the goal of the decade, but then when I was watching it, I was just getting all those kind of feelings back and um, yeah. they're, they're more to do with game of the decade, but, you know, obviously incredible goal and it's the most top bins goal I think I've ever seen in my life. See, for this, we're now conflating because with the save of the year, we gave it to I know. technical execution and now we're saying the moment. And so for well, I'm me, not saying, I didn't say the goal is not worthy. I just said it's the most the top bins ever. It's a worthy Sorry, goal. Yeah. The yeah. goal is worthy, but I think we have scored bigger and better goals. You know, maybe even uh, the week before, Bruce Jitte's goal against City. I think that is a much better goal. I had That was my shout. Mm. My shout would have been, uh, yeah, that's probably my famous, my favourite high marsh moment, I think, was the Jitte goal against City in the prelim, turning on the edge of the box and just dispatching it top bins. Mm. Um, but... I, I'm happy with this as well. A, I think my favorite goal, high marsh moment, is Craig Goodwin's second goal, the one I alluded to earlier uh, against Sydney in the FFA Cup final, where he just unleashes yeah. it with his right foot. Another I, good nominee. Oh, dude. That, that goal for me, I think, is when I think back to it and the night that we had, and that was probably my favorite moment of Adelaide United over the last decade, especially involving a goal. No, fair, fair, cool. Uh, obviously, game of the decade. I don't know if you want to talk about the game itself, but the, just <laughs> talk a bit about the day and what it was like. Well, I couldn't see a fucking thing because we were Adelaide Oval. And with this goal in particular, we were on the opposite side of it. He, he scored in front of the West Sydney fans. So yeah, I actually don't... I, I think I only celebrated at the time because everyone else did because I couldn't see a thing. But in terms of the game itself, 
game of the game itself was great yeah. yeah and i mean i was going into the public sanchez goal uh, at the death to seal it which is exactly what you want yeah um that was in front of us and so that was one that i had a clearer view of and you know it was so tense and we were so nervous and every every time the ball broke over halfway yeah. for west sydney you're just thinking oh dude they're going to equalize and they're going to you know we should be winning this we should be winning this the, comfortably they shouldn't the, let them back in this game the energy the nervous energy man the anxiety in the stadium unreal looking back on it now i am i am glad it was at adelaide oval just just to have that kind of the you know the 50,000 packed in there the noise was incredible i just can't recall anything like it in south australian football um in my lifetime um I just, can I just can I just contest that? Yeah, go quick? on. Because we both went to the Champions League final. Yeah, and I feel like the noise and the energy and the atmosphere generated at High Marsh that night was comparable to Adelaide Oval Grand Final. Uh, comparable, but not. I still don't think anywhere near. Just like we're talking like thirty thousand less people. It was a, mm. up until Gamba scored the first goal in that Champions League final second leg. The buzz. And the the noise and stuff was just absolutely incredible, but I think you know going for this this domestic title finally and winning it um, in front of fifty thousand that was like the noise when Pablo scored and then just after the game mm-hmm. as well just the noise around the stadium kind of it yeah that extra thirty thousand people does a lot. It does a lot. I I'm just one of those snobs and I feel like they're undeserving of the occasion. Because where where are they now? Where are they now? Well, you don't want to come and watch George Blackwood run around and come on, get out there. I think um, I don't know like <laughs> what it was like for you, but my memories of this this game like, what at at risk of going like real deep here, like this was at the time this was played and leading up to it is one of the toughest periods of my life, I think, and then. Having us win this game, like when Pablo's goal went in, it was just like every week it was just like, oh, Adelaide United are playing. How long can they keep going? Because every week going to Adelaide United was like the highlight of the week for mm. ages. Like, it was yeah, like, oh, thank God. I, can, I can go to like, it's that, that cliche escape thing though. It's like you go hang out is, with your mates, yeah. drink, whether Adelaide are winning or losing. Winning obviously is better, but if we're losing, we generally still have a good time hanging out. Yeah, you know, never gets aggro or anything dumb. You're hanging out with all your closest friends who you like you know we've spent like 12 years now going to every game at home and um i don't know just the build up eventually when pablo's goal went in like i just like fell over in my seat and i was like <laughs> this is just just like collapsed into a ball and was like this is unreal i know there was just tears everywhere in the crowd it means a lot to a lot of people they've put a lot of time and effort into supporting this club and we're very yeah. proud of our city we're proud of our state um we hang a lot of shit on it, but we're allowed to because we live here. When other people hang yeah. shit on it, we give it back to them. And yeah, fuck off, you can't. Yeah. So very definitely, probably game of the decade. No arguments for me. I would maybe just. I mean, it's in the same season. Um, I'm. I'd pretend I prefer us to win the league, and so I thought us winning the Premier's plate amongst that grand final win was probably a bigger achievement. And I think I was living in yeah I was living in Adelaide at the time, and we travelled to Victory away and then City away to wrap up the league in consecutive weeks, or there was like two yep. two games over three weeks or whatever. And the game that we beat Melbourne Victory one nil away uh, with the late late Bruce Kamau winner, the huge deflection off of uh, I can't remember who it was now. 
that feeling then when I felt like that was when I, that was it, that was, that was it. That was when I totally believed that we could actually win. Was that all in of that this. season? Yeah, that was in that season. Cause then we went season? to city. Then we went to city two weeks later and did yeah. them two nil. It was the infamous Mork two nil uh, hand yeah. flash to the How ground. Good. You <laughs> said he's scoring a free out. kick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Bruce scored a penalty as well. That was yeah. a great game. Just all of that, that entire period, I think those two months where we played, you know, those last four games in the A-League and somehow won the title and then wrapped it all up. There's, yeah. We yeah. Could, can we just give it to the moment? Can we give it to the period rather than one singular game? I'm happy to. Yeah. All right. Do you want to talk about the team of the decade? So this, I'll run through the the bench and the 11. This is, I think, I'm pretty sure this was fan voted. Yes. As voted by our fans. So, so <clears throat> this is a fan vote. There's no need to be outraged, but we'll go through after and say what we would change. <laughs> we know democracy doesn't work. Obviously, head coach Guillermo Amor, argue with that. Nah, um, I would give it to just Joseph. Wait, I, th- just wait. Just wait. <laughs> let me read the damn team out first. I thought we were going to do it one by one. No, let me read it out first. <laughs> Fucking slow down. Uh, replacements for the Night Shift Football Podcast. <laughs> Head coach, Guillermo Moore in goals, Eugene Galekovic with the armband as captain as well. Across the back, Tarek Elrich, Jordan Elsie, Dylan McGowan, and Cassio in the midfield. Isaias, Riley McGree, Marcello Karuska. The front three, Sergio Thurio, Bruce Gitte, Craig Goodwin. On the bench, Paul Izzo, Michael Moroni, Michael Jakobsen, Mark- Marcos Flores, Travis Dodd, Pablo Sanchez, Sergio Van Dyke. Now, I will pass it over to you for any changes. Please. Well, I can't remember the whole team. You've just read out 20 names at once. So I'll just, I'll start with the coach. Start with the coach and then we can work through together. Gear more for everything he achieved. Yes. I was just about, I was just about to make the point that he didn't build the side, but he was the director of football or the technical director, wasn't he? So he would have had some input. Was he? That's what happened. Yeah. When Gombau left, Amor came from the back room into the first team coach. Are you sure? Positive, yeah. He was the technical director or something similar to that. Okay. But the point you are, as you know, the point you're you're guessing I was going to make is that it's Gombau's team and it's his style and it was that the he laid the foundation. He, yeah, and you know, we loved Josep. I remember the my favorite moment of him is the banner that the Red Army unfurled in support of him when everyone was saying we should get rid of him, and he really did turn it around. Like he had an idea, a philosophy. And the Spanish influence that he left upon the club was the reason we won a few years later. And we yep. still see the Spanish influence now. Is Isaias, Juan Day, Yavi Lopez. It's like a, a cornerstone for Adelaide United now. So for me, it would be Josep, but I can understand why Guy got it. Yeah, there you go. I just found here as well, he did. He was technical director after he spent a month observing and consulting with Adelaide's training with Gombau. Gombau invited him. Cool. Um, and then once Gombau had to resign for family reasons, Amor took over as head coach, and I'm so glad he did. But yeah, like you said, uh, Gombau laying the foundations. Uh, it's, it's hard to pick between those two. Do you want to give it to both mm. of them? Yeah, let's give it to both. Head I and like they're both involved. Yeah, why not? Done. Co-coaches. So, right back, Tarek Elrich. You happy with that? Not really. I think mainly because, and you're going to say the same thing, yeah, we are, I think. How many games did he play right back for us? Wasn't he predominantly a left back? <laughs> yeah, okay. So just to clear up, I think either of us are contending Elrich's spot in this team. But <laughs> no, we not both, at all. 
I think we would both have him at left back over Casio. True. I would, yes. Just because Casio is an, un- and like Travis Dodd, he's an unfortunate, when you're picking a team of a decade, they were very good for a decade, but it overlaps between two different decades. So, yeah. Hard to, and I think, hard well, to dis- yeah. Casio's kind of three to four years either side of the 2010. So, but I think he he'd slowed down a bit. Not the same. Not the same kind of influence on the team. I don't think. Um, I would have Tarek Elwich in as left back, and I'm putting Michael Maroney as in as right back instead. So that's Maroney in for Casio. Yep, and I would agree. And it's not because Maroney was you know an outstanding footballer or someone that absolutely lit the world on fire, but was a cornerstone of the last decade of Adelaide United. Very consistent player. You know, made mistakes, but you yep. could always rely on him across a multitude of positions. So, yep. great, great ambassador for the club, Mark Murray. Um, We skipped over it because I forgot, but I just assumed we we're both happy with Eugene Galekovic. Yeah, in goals. who else? And and <laughs> captain as well. Yeah, yeah. who captain. else, man? Yeah. Do you think they were talking about it um, on the broadcast because they were saying about Gauchi uh, having Eugene Galekovic to learn from? And then they alluded to the fact that he was the best goalkeeper to have ever graced the A-League. We are biased, of course, but... I'm not sure Galakovic that... is the best goalkeeper to ever grace the A-League. Right. Thank you. There we go. Who would you have? I think he was always a pretty good keeper and a solid. He had like noticeable weaknesses, though. Um, it was a bit of a meme for a while. I think we all made jokes about him saving to his left. Yeah. <laughs> but, get down there. <laughs> but, you know, he... Leadership and stuff and like the penalty saves, big moments. You're, you're pretty confident with him, so... Whether he's the best or not, I don't know. We'd have to go through the A-League keepers. But, yeah, I don't want to do that now. No, let's not do that now. Centre-backs. Jordan Elsie and Dylan McGowan. Any changes you'd like to make here? I I don't know who I would prefer. I think you'd probably take... uh, See, this is the problem. Do you want me to give you mine? Yeah, go on. Okay. I I wouldn't contend these two. But if I did have to change something, I would maybe... Be putting Michael Michael Jacobson in over Jordan Elsie, okay, but not lightly. It's you know I could have all three, but yeah, I'm keeping Tough Dylan decision. McGowan because of championship season. Mm-hmm. Um, someone else made the case for like if we're looking at impact and in terms of over longevity, is Jacopo Larocca a shout? That's um, that was going to be my call. I think Larocca should be. But then, you know, when I started to say it, I was like, well, who do you take out? But then we're just <laughs> picking the championship side, you know? Yeah, but isn't that the greatest reflection? I mean, but even saying that, we're talking about Gombao laid the foundation. The championship side didn't appear overnight. These are guys that had been gelled together for a few years. So when yep. you're talking about longevity, I think LaRocca should be in the conversation. You know, maybe, I mean, it's it's harsh on Jordan, but it's... He came Dylan, in the year we won it. Yeah, exactly. Dill and Jacopo were the defensive partnership in yeah. our best ever season in the last decade. So if you're talking about a team of the decade, potentially, but it's just so harsh to cut out Jordan Elsie. Yeah, we love him. They're all king of the north. Former did you king see, of the north. you see Jordan Elsie reunited with Taylor Regan at Newcastle? I did. <laughs> Congrats to them. That, that is going to be some... Head busting central defensive work, I think, out uh, out down the F three. Moving into the midfield, any objections to Issa Issa holding midfield? None. Oh, don't. Yeah, I was going to say, don't just make one up for the sake of it. There's, there's no, there's no other argument. 
no other no, argument. Man had uh, 90% pass completion rate on the weekend. Um, yeah. I think it's funny that there's there's like widespread comments that he's returned to the A-League as like a mid-tier player. It's just, simply not true. It's simply not true. That's They're wishing that more yeah. than they are statistically finding that. He is just an amazing player. And we've said it before. If he played for Sydney or Melbourne, he would be regarded as one of the best in the in the league. Do you remember his first game for Adelaide United? At I remember him being, wasn't he rubbish? Oh, he got sent off. He got two yellows, both for kicking the ball away. Yes, I do remember the second. And everyone's one. like, everyone's like, who the hell is this guy? What's this <laughs> guy doing here? This guy, <laughs> who's this? Um, neck minute. <laughs> wow. Uh, so you cannot, yeah, you can't understate his influence on the club. No, you can't. No, unreal. Uh, moving into the midfield ahead of Isaias, so we've got Karuska and McGree. I'll go to you first. What are you? What are you? What are your thoughts here? Karuska, I would agree on, and I think I'm, you're probably I'm locking in. On. Yeah, I'm locking in Karuska. Yeah, uh, just the amount of magical moments that he did produce over the years. You know, he was a guy that could find a pass, could find the goal, was integral in everything that was attacking play by Adelaide United. And like it was, he was that guy when he wasn't in the team. My God, we missed him. And it was, you yeah. know, at the moment with Adelaide, I feel like we lose a player here and there. You can jam someone else in there, and you might get a result out of it. But you know, back in the day, if we didn't have Karuska, I was going into games like, "Oh, we're losing." Yep, fair. Um, who are you? So you're not keeping Riley? I would like to know who you're replacing Riley with. Yeah, so I think we're both in agreement here that we're replacing Riley simply on the fact that he didn't hasn't played like many games in the voting period. Yeah, like one season. <laughs> Riley, depending on how this next eight years goes for Riley McGree, I hope that he doesn't. <laughs> I hope that he doesn't end up back at Adelaide United because he's having a much better Same. career overseas. Um, but yeah, he didn't play enough in this period to warrant being in this team of the decade. I don't think for me, I would be replacing him with Marcos Flores. You want to play with two AMs? It's just a team. So it doesn't decade, matter, mate. It's just a team so it doesn't matter. You can just jam anyone in there that you like. Yeah, doesn't have to make sense. Doesn't have to be a team that could actually win a game. No, I still think they could win a game. Well, then you could just pick four centre backs, and we could have Larocca instead of Moroni. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm I'm happy with having uh, Flores and Karuska in the midfield in front of Izzy. Izzy's good enough to hold it on his own. It'll be fine. Done. I think I think that's a a wider conversation about because I really really struggled to think who I would put in central midfield instead of McGree. Well, so and did I. Think- you know, Maybe we, that's why I've just I've gone with Flores purely because. Is it Stefan Mork though? Is it Mork? People will be not happy to hear that. I don't think, but you can't underestimate how big he was in his first stint at yeah. the club when he came in. We well, came in and replaced Jego. A lot yeah. of people didn't didn't like Jego. I don't really know why. He's yeah, same good good footballer. He wasn't what we needed in that squad at that time. He was a bit, he's a bit mm. more in that you say his vein than where Steph is. Like we've always said, Steph was the box to box that we needed. It balanced out that midfield perfectly, um, and he was incredible when he came in and took us just that little extra step up that we needed from Jago. You wouldn't have Jago in conversation because he wasn't. On the I don't think so. No. no, no, he wasn't. I don't think I would. He's ended up having a pretty good career though. He has, yeah. Adelaide United's team of the decade, though? Not for me. Probably not, yeah. Probably not. I, I would be leaning towards maybe Stefan Morgan. Okay, that's fair. 
it's a fair discussion. Just, it, re- yeah. it really does illustrate the dearth of central midfield talent that we had. We've always tried to jam someone random in between Karuska or Flores and Isaias or, you know, yeah. Vince Lear. <laughs> Steven Lustica. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to have Lustica in your fucking team of the decade. Front three. So I'm, I'll just read these out because I'm not changing any of the front three. Craig Goodwin on the left, Shite up front, Sirio right back. Any changes for you? Uh, maybe Sirio not at right back. Uh, right wing. My bad. If you want to get Barber. If you want to get Pippi, then... You're forgetting Barber. Am I? Well, state your case. Uh, he has a fun name. No, honestly, I no, I would pick Bruce, obviously. Like, come on. Who else have we had? I mean, Van Dyke on the bench is an interesting one, but it's probably for the thing that we mentioned earlier. Was he more overlapping? Is that why you wouldn't have Van Dyke as your striker? Um, I'm not sure. I, do you, Question for you. Do you think... Peak Sergio Van Dyke in that championship scene team would be better than Jitte in that championship team. I think we would have had to have played differently with Van Dyke. I think so too. Um, But I still think, however, Amor would have figured it out. He would have worked better than Bruce. Do you remember in that that season, Bruce was on like a 20 game goalless streak? Yeah. He just could not score for blood or money. Yeah. And I wonder if Sergio, if we had peak Sergio scoring goals like he was. I mean, still, no one's really ever come close to the amount of goals he scored for us in his uh, in his blowaway season. Was it 17 goals or 21 goals or something I, ridiculous? I recall, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you would have him individually as the best striker. I think we've had Sergio Van Dijk. But I still would pick Bruce in that season because his hold-up play and his ability to bring in the guys around him was why we were so potent. Yeah, 100% agree. He bullied defenders and really, like, uh, Liverpool fans talk about a lot with, like, what Firmino does as, like, a false nine type thing, kind of doing a lot of, like, thankless work that brings the other players into the game. Uh, Bruce Jitte, 100%, hold up, dropping into space and kind of creating, creating space for, like, his wingers. So we had, like, Sirio and Kamau, created so much space for them. And then even like Karuska getting in behind and making runs, Stefan Mork making the late runs into the box to score goals. That came from the job Bruce was doing. I don't think you can understate how important he was, especially when he did turn it around and started banging in goals for fun. And then like you look at what he did in that prelim against Melbourne City at High Marsh. Oh, Um, my God. Incredible. So He was unplayable that day. Like you just, they couldn't get anywhere near him. He was doing incredible things. Yep. That's uh, that's testament to that side is that you can name every single player and they you can just immediately think of how well they fit into the system. That it was a yep. side that was recruited but also built around the existing talent. And it was yeah. We may not ever see anything like that again at Adelaide. <laughs> we may not. So we'll be grateful for what we had. Um just running through, I don't know if you have any other names you wanted to throw in the mix, but on the bench, you know, there's players like mm. Van Dyke's on the bench. Paul Lizzo, I think that's maybe fair. Uh, Probably, yeah. yeah. I, can't I can't think, think of, of another else. keeper. Uh, Michael, maybe, Michael but... Maroney, who we put in the team. Mm. Uh, Jakobsen, who I had in the mix. Marcus Flores, I had in. Travis Dodd, I don't know. He retired in 2011, or he left in like 2011, I think, and at that point, wasn't a very big player for Adelaide. So I don't think he even makes the bench for this team of the decade. Decade yeah. before, 100%, he's probably captaining it. Captaining it. Um, yeah, but yeah, 
There you go. Uh, maybe Fabio Ferreira. Seems like a notable admission. Fabio, you reckon? Yeah, I think so. How many games did he play, Fadelaide? That's a great question. I know that he left us in 2014, which gives him a good four years mm. in this decade. So uh, Fab Ferreira played 51 games for Adelaide United, scored 13 goals. When did he sign? 2012. So he was here for like a, maybe a season and a bit, two seasons. No, he was here for three years, three seasons. Was it three seasons? But the, the seasons overlap years. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay. All right. Yeah. He was also injured a little bit. That's why he doesn't have 60 or 70 games for us. I yeah. thought he was good. And I think he, yeah, would. he was good. Is Thierry actually that much of a lock at right wing? Well, I, I think he's a, he's a lock in the team. Like the other argument you make is you put Goodwin at left back mm-hmm. and Syria on the left, and then you could have Ferreira on the right wing or someone. You know, but I'm happy with as it is. Syria was good enough to play all of, all the way across that front three, so I'm happy with that. He was. He did score some big goals for us too. Big um, goals. Our first trophy. You know. You know. Shout well, out players like Awer a- Bill that hasn't made it. I thought he was great for us. An excitement machine. Really yeah. encapsulated the Gombau era. Yep. Um, you know, potentially Geronimo. I thought was a good player. Dark know, time had... though. Hey, dark time. Oh, during like that season, Geronimo yeah. era, like that's like is that like Vitesic era too? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's proper banter era, Adelaide United, early two thousand and tens, some rough times. All right, we might leave it there though. That was fun. Enjoyed that. Um, yeah, if you're listening, get around us on the socials. Give us a like. Give us a share. Tell your mates. Uh, go the Reds. Go the Reds. Undefeated twenty twenty two, bitch. Yeah.